A Reflection for Church Wigan on the 31st of May by Neil Cook Reading from Acts chapter 28 Paul on the island of Malta After we had reached safety, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The natives showed us unusual kindness. Since it had begun to rain and was cold, they kindled a fire and welcomed all of us around it. Paul had gathered a bundle of brushwood and was putting it on the fire, when a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, This man must be a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were expecting him to swell up or drop dead, but after they had waited a long time and saw nothing unusual had happened to him, they changed their minds and began to say that he was a god. Now, in the neighbourhood of that place were lands belonging to the leading man of the island, named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It so happened that the father of Publius lay sick in bed with fever and dysentery. Paul visited him and cured him by praying and putting his hands on him. After this happened, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They bestowed many honours on us, and when we were about to set sail, they put on board all the provisions we needed. Three months later, we set sail on a ship that had wintered at the island, an Alexandrian ship with the twin brothers as its figurehead. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there for three days. Then we weighed anchor and came to Regium. And after one day there, a south wind sprang up, and on the second day we came to Puteoli. There we found believers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. The believers from there, when they heard of us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. When we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with the soldier who was guarding him. Three days later, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors, yet I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. When they had examined me, the Romans wanted to release me because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to the emperor, even though I had no charge, I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is for the sake of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken anything evil about you. But we would like to hear from you what you think, for with regard to this sect, this Christian sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. After they had set a day to meet with him, 
they came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to believe. So they disagreed with each other, and as they were leaving, Paul made one further statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will indeed listen, but never understand. You will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their eyes are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Then let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is the word of the Lord. So today we reach the ending of the story as recorded in the book of Acts, or should I say non-ending. Am I the only one who thinks, come on Luke, that's the author, you can't leave it there. It's a bit like, as many are doing during lockdown, investing yourselves in a Netflix series of 12 episodes, working out the complex plot lines and motivations of the different characters and being gripped by the explosive climax, only for it all to end without any resolution or satisfying conclusion. You're left hanging in frustration, wondering why the director couldn't have just given us a neat answer. In the first chapter of Acts, Luke starts with the words of the ascending Lord Jesus. Wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be propelled out as my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, Samaria, even unto the ends of the earth. Surely, surely, in the final chapter of Acts, Luke intends for us to recognise that Christ's Apostle Paul indeed stands at the gates to the ends of the earth. An audience with none other than the Emperor Nero. The stage is set for the climactic final scene in which the hero wins the battle and makes everything right. But Luke doesn't give us this. Why? Well, no one knows for sure. Yet it's doubtful that Luke is making a mistake, like some inexperienced director of a poor Netflix series. It seems that the climax to the book of Acts is the breathless account of Paul's voyage to Rome. It's proper action thriller. It even includes Paul being attacked by a snake. And that's good biblical symbolism for evil right there. Even as he drags himself from the shipwreck. It looks like Luke is choosing to focus on the journey. Rather than Paul's epic showdown, if indeed that's what it was, with Nero. 
It's as if Luke is telling us that the journey with its ups and downs, its successes and shipwrecks, is more helpful material for us to reflect on as we close our Bibles than Paul having one moment of extraordinary achievement. Maybe that's what we, you know, you, I, Church Wigan, can ultimately take away from our study of Acts. That we need to recognise that we're on a journey and that the most important thing is staying on the journey and not quitting, despite rejection, beatings and shipwrecks. If we stay on the journey, as we move through our Jerusalems, our Maltas and even confronting our Nero's, we will see people come to Christ and the kingdom of God reach even the very ends of the earth. Now, whether you love or hate the creation of Church Wigan and its hubs and focus on mission, whether you're looking forward to or dreading the profound changes that our coexistence with COVID-19 will have on the shape of church in the future, remember this. It's just part of the journey. So, are you still up for the journey? Are you, like Paul, daily seeking the leading of the Spirit of Christ to enable you, as we're going to say, to keep going with your head down? Do you have travel companions who love the Lord that will uphold you when things get rough? May the Lord be your provider as you continue the journey. Amen.